Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Who You Don't See, the podcast which celebrates the people behind the stars. In this podcast, we chat to people you might not have heard of, but who are key to making the magic happen. So we'll hear from choreographers, makeup artists, vocal coaches. Basically, if they work with a household name, this podcast exists to give you an insight into their world. I'm your host, Megan Lawton, a journalist, broadcaster, and generally nosy person. And in this episode, I chat to celebrity stylist Phoebe Lettuce Thompson. She's basically walking on stage and I've got a thread and a needle in me and I'm just trying to do one or two stitches to keep her knickers up. Anyway, they literally have to cut me off because they're going live. And I spent the whole performance being like, this is the end of my career because her knickers, it's live on television, God knows how many people watch The X Factor, her knickers are going to come down and you're going to see everything. If you've ever looked at Anne-Marie, Zara Larson, or Sierra and thought, God, they look good, then you are already a fan of Phoebe's work. Her styled looks are seen by millions on red carpets, on stage, on TV programs like The Voice, in music videos, and in modeling campaigns too. Not only does she have experience of being a stylist, but also creative directing at Illustrated People, a clothing brand which has been worn by Dua Lipa and Cara Delevingne, as well as being highly praised by the one and only Kanye West. I zoomed Phoebe in her studio during lockdown, where we spoke about outfits which set you back 10 grand, how to hide a bloated belly on a red carpet, and what it takes to create knickers designed to be twerked in. Annoyingly, the internet gods weren't on our side for some of the recording, so please excuse the occasional wobble. Phoebe, thank you so, so much for doing this. Massively appreciate it, jumping over all those tech hurdles we've had. <laughs> start where I start with all our guests. What would you say your job title is? Um, I would say at the moment, it would just be stylist at the moment. It's kind of morphed over the last five years, the most dramatically, from creative director, illustrated people. And I did used to photograph a little as well. But I guess at the moment, yeah, stylist is, is how I describe myself. And was that a job you always longed for? Like as a kid, did you spend all your weekends in Tammy? Or, I don't know, when it came to the school disco, did you turn up looking chicer than everybody else there? Oh my God, I would, I mean, I just begged to go, to go to Tammy. My mother wouldn't let me buy anything from there. I think once she let me buy some spiderweb flares that she had to take in for me, and they were just the coolest thing I ever had, and like a crystal skull top. But yeah, I love Tammy. But yes, um, when I was really young, around 13, um, I very much fell in love with uh, this beautiful imagery in Vogue, ID days, and got subscriptions towards those. Um, I didn't really understand how these images uh, sort of happened. I knew a photographer was a photographer, but where does the model come from? Who puts her in the clothes? So then that kind of made me want to be the photographer and the stylist. Um, and I guess now we are so spoiled with all the BTS that's available and on Instagram and Snapchat and wherever you find it, that um, when I was growing up, I didn't really have that. So it was all still quite a mystery and magical. And yes, so much of the BTS that's put out there is still very much glossed over. But um, it definitely gives you more of an insight these days to what, what the job entails than, than really I could get my head around at age 13. 
So there you are, age 13, flicking through Vogue, checking out all the pictures, and you know you want to be involved in that industry. How do you then make that happen? Well, I was just sort of desperate to try and get in anywhere that had any sort of remote connection to the magazine world or fashion. Uh, When I was 16, I started, I did a very small internship for Bruce Oldfield at his atelier in Beach and Place in Knightsbridge, which was incredible um I thought it was mandatory to wear high heels and just was sort of running around London finding the right kind of thread with an A to Z map in my Blackberry um and just was totally in love with it so I did a lot of that and then I think homes and gardens would have me so I did some archiving there and then eventually um I got an internship at Wonderland magazine and then Condé Nast as an assistant so I just kind of kept kept emailing kept begging I guess someone to let me in and then yeah went from there I mean that is what the majority of interning is isn't it like yes you're doing a bit of the job but mainly it's like proving you'll do anything yeah. <laughs> like please have me yeah back. just being like I will do anything I will sleep on the floor and do all this mad stuff to show how dedicated you are I was kind of a bit um battle royale in a way but um but yes I I that's how I got into it just mainly interning well it looks like that battle mentality worked out because you're doing the job now so you are on this podcast because you work behind the scenes with musicians with models tell us about some of the people you regularly style regularly style I'd say my longest standing client is Anne-Marie who's a UK pop star and new coach on The Voice. This started a few weeks ago. And then uh, Swedish pop star Zara Larsson. And then American uh, icon, really, Sierra. Um, Hayley Baldwin, or sorry, Bieber. Uh, Elle Devine, who's this gorgeous development artist, singer-songwriter I love. Um, yeah, just like a, a mainly UK-based moment. Yeah. Take me back to the first celebrity you ever worked with. How did you even get your hands on a celebrity to style in the first place? How did I get my hands on my own artist? I I wanted to work with Anne-Marie because I thought I could really work. I thought I could do something great with her. And I ended up managing to style her extras on one of her music videos um, which was shooting in Morocco and it was really heavily styled in um, lots of sort of archive which is sort of old season Versace, um, Dolce & Gabbana, that kind of thing and um, I was doing just the cast which is all the extras and maybe kind of the lead dancers that surround Anne-Marie so everyone but Anne-Marie I was doing Um, and it was really tough because if you don't just get to loan designers for a non-artist or just a supporting act. You have to, it's a lot of schmoozing with vintage design, vintage dealers. And it it was a real nightmare, but um, got there in the end, got to Morocco and yeah, I just really hit it off with Anne-Marie and she really loved the stuff I'd been doing with the dancers and the cast. She asked me to style her, there for her for the actual video so I kind of reworked what she already had and then our relationship went from there and that's and that's it really I remember actually she still got these found these fake Chanel giant joggers in the market in Marrakesh and they're 
still to this date one of my best finds ever I think that secured the job for me actually <laughs> desperately wanted them for myself well if you can make it work in a Moroccan market you can make it work <laughs> so your first celebrity you worked with was Anne-Marie and she's a massive celebrity on Instagram she's got six million followers were you daunted by that first kind of like one-to-one booking with her or maybe daunted by the platform that that work was then going to go out on knowing that so many people would watch that music video um I think I was more excited actually uh than daunted I I had been working when I at the currently when I took on Amir, I was working with illustrated people and we've been doing some quite big collaborations then and getting some really good press so I felt I didn't really feel that like that came into my head. I was when I first started working with Emery, she had very she had a lot less followers and she's grown in the last four years, probably from ten thousand followers to when I started, first started working with her to what, six point eight million now or wow. something. Um so I was more excited to get my hands on her because I felt I knew how brilliant she was and what great potential she had. I have got to speak to you about Hayley Bieber because you two have worked together. You styled with her, didn't you? Yes. I One of the craziest days uh, in my job ever was, yes, doing – she asked me to do her Adidas collaboration show for Fashion Week. So I was styling everything to do with that. So, yeah, the whole show and, and stuff. Yeah, and did good. she get in contact with you? Did she slide into the DMs or did her team? How did that no. work? It was actually through Adidas presented, I think, a bunch of stylists they thought would be good for her, and she picked me. And then, um, and then we went from there. Yeah, I met her, did the run through, put my stylist together, which she loved, loved my references, which was great. And then, yeah, is Haley is she as nice as she looks? Because she looks so like pure angel. I've never seen. I wear. I've, I've worked with some really beautiful girls and she was breathtaking, I must say. Really intelligent, um, smart. Oh, it's the same thing. I don't know where I'm going with this. But yes, very calm and intelligent and sweet. I really warm to her a lot. And on a job like that, is any part of you starstruck that you're working kind of one of the biggest names in, in sort of 21st century modelling? Yeah, I think in my head I'm like, oh, fuck, it's her. And then you're like... I think also, um, I think I learned quite early on in my career when I was an assistant. I I actually can't tell this story because I'm going to be in trouble. But I worked with a supermodel and I adored them. I was an assistant and I used to put their picture all over my bedroom. And I remember, I remember meeting her for the first time and I was like on my own. My boss hadn't turned up yet. And I was like, whoa, it was just had to kind of swallow all um kind of obsessiveness I had as a, kid, as a teenager about her and then I think from there and I just sort of learned that everybody is the same and everyone's human and it doesn't really matter if you've got if you're a Grammy winning artist or you're just starting out you're still a human and doesn't just got to treat people the same and just all with all with professionalism and yeah just try not to get overwhelmed with who people are yeah because then you probably end up being a fangirl as opposed to a stylist there and you're there to- yeah and then you kind of get nervous and people like that smell fear and then they don't trust you and they don't believe you with what you're saying if you're saying you should wear the red top over the pink top 
but you're kind of nervous and anxious around them. I don't think that really installs much faith. Yeah. Um, so yes, I have to try and try and put that aside. Sometimes I, it's a first world problem, but I will go shopping and I come home empty handed because I'm uninspired by everything that's in the shops. You can't, I guess, ever really be in that. Well, maybe you do get uninspired, but say for me, if I want to buy a new outfit, that's just because I want to buy a new outfit. But it's your job to deliver new outfits. It's your, you kind of need to feel inspired. Or do you ever go out shopping and come back and just think there's nothing that I want to put these girls in? Yeah, it's tough. There's at points when um, I was doing Zara, Larson and Emery at the same time, and they were kind of on the same uh, cycle, I guess. So loads of promo looks all the time, then a music video, and then a performance, and then you've got all the dancers to do around the performance. I didn't build my team up enough when I was doing both of them to probably manage it. Um, so, yes, you're like, what am I going to put them in? I don't know you I always end up finding something I always find something and if you come up with a formula for someone so at the beginning when I first started working with Emery didn't feel like her figure was being made the most of she's got this absolutely tiny waist and just beautiful body and it wasn't really being shown off so I tried to make sure that kind of came up with a formula of like high-waisted jeans that are like flattering bring her in in the waist and cut den and finding like matching cords and then cutting the denim um jacket to a crop so you see her definitely see her waist with a with a t-shirt or a vest or something and then if you think that's your formula and then you can go into menswear women's wear whatever and just put outfits together based on that is it a case it sounds like you're almost banking inspiration so you see a picture and you'll be like right we love this look and then if Anne-Marie gives you the green light with it it's like okay we've got that one in the bag if a music video comes up that suits that let's dig that out let's try and recreate that kind of thing yeah yeah absolutely and yeah I'll always think okay well she's into say the sweater vest thing at the moment let's think about how that could work she's got a tv appearance coming up does she want to wear that that and we kind of bank outfits as we go along bank ideas and then I present her with new things and yeah I guess it's a it's a constant moving being how do you source the clothes? Because it's not a case, I mean, you couldn't now, we're in lockdown, but you couldn't, I guess, just pop to Zara and think, oh, great, that will look great. And then I'll run across to River Island and grab that. Where are you kind of looking for your clothes? I actually spend, so a lot of alone uh, stuff. So how it works is there'll be a, a press showroom who will either look after loads of brands well, or they'll be in-house and the brand will have a press team. So you try and build relationships with these people based on the artist wearing them. They like the artist. They want them to wear it more. And then you can build up relationships that way. And other ways, sometimes you get, well, you do get budgets to spend. I spend a lot of my time online looking at things and just save things and wish lists and make documents of stuff I think that would work coming up or um and then I have a team of girls that run around buying things and sourcing things for me as well, based on like a look that I'll be going for. You mentioned that about the budget. I'm really intrigued as to how that works. So say Anne-Marie, when she went to the Brit Awards, I think you had her in like a pink satin dress with a big bow on the back and she had oh, yeah. beautiful jewels. That looks like a very expensive outfit. It was, yeah. How is that yeah. kind of thing funded? Is that all about the artist management saying to you, we can spend 
five grand on that outfit or are you learning things how does that world work it's a bit of both it depends um Anne-Marie for her birthday her single was called birthday the promo around this she wanted to go heavy on on pink baby pink dyed hair pink all about pink and um I really liked the idea of leaning into sort of Marie Antoinette slash gangster mob Italian wife so mixing the two and Amory sort of again focusing on her figure which for me it's num- the number one priority is like corsets this is a great opportunity to really go in on pink corsets my internet put some chains on it's a bit gangster Italian wife mobster theme we had going on for a period and then I found so there was there were no dresses or designers that loaned could loan us anything that we remotely liked in, in terms of um, this look that she wanted to do. So I found a graduate designer called, um, well, her Instagram is Pearl Whip Curl, but her name is Florence Grelier, I think. Anyway, she's a graduate designer at CSM and she makes corsets. And we'd borrowed, I think, a few for like Anton, maybe Anton, a few promo things. So I asked if she could make something and then I, I collaborate with a designer on on. And they present something, they mock up the budget. I go to the lady or the management, and they will go, Can you give us X amount of money to spend on this? And they go, Yes or no. And then um Amory okays it, and we go from there, and we start making it. And this sounds like we'd be doing this months in advance, but really it's like down to the wire, still sewing it before she gets on the carpet. Really? Um Yeah. And yeah, that's that's how things happen. It's it, it is a collaboration between quite a few people. What's the most expensive outfit you've put together, do you think? Amory had to fly to America, I think, to do Rewrite the... She'd done a song with James Arthur called Rewrite the Stars, which was part of that huge uh, Greatest Showman film where they got singers to re-sing them and everything. Anyway, she had to do performance on The Voice America or like a really, really like high, most highest rated... TV show in America for that kind of thing and she had to go within like two days like go someone's ill you're doing it um so I think it was a I think I bought a skirt for about six thousand pounds and then a top was another four it was about ten thousand pounds wow there have been outfits more expensive than that I just having a brain melt but yes that that's the one I think like whoa that was a lot of money maybe Um, they're buying it online putting the car details in like oh my god (laughs) we're doing it yeah I the thing is with when you're buying with a budget you can't just turn up to a fitting with one dress Mm. so you end up spending maybe four or five times the amount of the budget you have which is you get used to it because at first you're like one matches on Netta Porter being like, oh my god, this is so much money I'm spending on clothes that are sitting in my studio and nothing's going to happen to them. I get stressed if I have ASOS clothes that I haven't taken care of, and that's like sixty quid needs to go on my card. I'm stressed at that. Oh my god, it's it's also a, it's a, it's a whole other job to keep track of the spending mm. money that's in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, so yes, that is a stressful element of it. But yes, they, it can get really expensive, but we try and load as much as possible. By the sounds of it, you don't know that far in advance what you're needing to make outfits for. So it's not like Anne-Marie's manager will come to you and say, she's got three performances that week. The following week, she's got a red carpet event and then she's got a music video. Is it quite an ad hoc process um depends from artist to artist with Anne-Marie we're in a really good um 
sort of flow of working ahead actually things obviously do pop up last minute that's just the nature of television live performances and things and, and promo I mean obviously it's very different in COVID at the moment but yeah things would just be like oh well, she's got you know six events in America you're prepping for oh no actually it's 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 those plus a huge performance and you're like oh, I've got two days how am I going to do this you're not traveling there but um yeah, it, 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 when you're working on multiple artists and they keep throwing things at you left, right and centre that are all quite important things, then you don't have enough time to prep. It can get very overwhelming, yeah. So much of when it comes down to fashion is subjective. So what you think looks great, someone else might be like, no, that's that's awful. I, I really don't think it looks great on me. How often is it the case that you're in disagreement with each other? Uh, very rarely, actually. Um, we have different opinions on things but I think I'm in a I feel like Anne-Marie really trusts my opinion and I really sort of value her input so it works really well um, yeah not often actually not often. I'm sure she wouldn't say if she was like to this red carpet event I really want to wear I don't know like zebra print chinos and you're like oh my goodness no yeah, yeah you have to be um diplomatic you feel comfortable to be like absolutely not well, I'll say I think that would be great but maybe it'd be good for like a tv show instead what about this yeah there's a lot of that um with with all artists because they're so busy they're in recording studios they're the hair appointment for six hours and they're back in the studio and they're fitting and it's just really mad for them and they don't ever have the time to stop and think okay what am I actually doing tomorrow what is this show what is this red carpet so they've just gone I've really liked that thing and so has got them can I wear this for this and you're like my job is to make sure that we're wearing the right thing at the right place looking back over all the outfits you've designed over the years is there one or maybe a few that you think oh I don't know if I had to put them out in that again yeah, definitely. It's always the ones that are, that are thrown at you last minute, and you're going, "Oh, what can we get in in twenty four hours?" Um, there's definitely things where like maybe maybe the headband wasn't such a good idea. Maybe it looks better without it. Um, but I I see it as the point of like, "Wow, I achieved that in such little time, and she still looks great," you know, rather than. So when I look at other stylists' work and I think, oh, God, why is she wearing that? I'm going, there's a story to that because that must have been a nightmare. It's always the way, I think. And, I, yeah, it's sometimes there's so much drama involved and so little time that what you can get together is the best you can do. So Yeah, because there's no doubt that you've got an eye for fashion. It's probably, I don't know, maybe... The, the clothing hasn't turned up that you thought would be with you on time yeah the clothes don't turn up uh things don't fit you can't get them tailored something breaks uh she doesn't like it anymore uh the sh- shoes are uncomfortable it's just endless list of things that can go wrong um that can just totally throw an outfit off by working with such high profile stars and with them sort of having the platforms they do they are automatically subject to huge scrutiny, especially about their bodies. Does that bring a lot into styling? Because I know so if, if I'm speaking personally, not that I've ever had a stylist or ever performed on, on The Voice or whatever, but what might I might like on me one day, if I'm having like a bloated day the next day, or I don't know, just 
sometimes you just don't feel your best does that do you have to kind of factor in for things like that or is it a case of being like, you look amazing even if sometimes you don't feel it that day you trust me you look great yeah it's a lot of emotional support as well I I think the difference between um the two main differences I guess styling is well I trained editorially so I work with models and I and I did do some celeb work with supermodels dressing separately as an assistant and then editorial is so different you're dressing models they're there to do a job and look fab and they don't really have a say in what they're wearing if it's a shoot um whereas what I'm predominantly doing at the moment which is um artist based celeb based um I it is about that person you know if they're having a really crap day and they feel minging and they don't won't want to wear the dress that originally was planned because they feel like, you know what it's like, you're on your period, you feel bloated, you feel rank, you don't really want to wear a dress that's hugging your stomach, then that's totally cool. That's, you're human, of course. So you always have to have in your, I think I always, you can reassure someone and you've got to be emotional support for someone. And then you can always have alternatives and sort of, styling hacks or poses you could do there's there's ways around reassuring and helping an artist feel good because obviously they look absolutely incredible with all their glam and hair and great clothes and talent but if you're not feeling good yeah you do need a sort of support with that I think yeah absolutely is there a pose for hiding a blade if you feel shit <laughs> how do you pose <laughs> I think definitely not side on if you do feel like you're a bit bloated I think got a bag it's quite good have it in front of you one leg in front of the other bag in front shoulder up yeah that kind of thing yeah I love it I'm gonna practice that tonight (laughs) yeah I mean god I don't know how they do it but all those cameras standing in a red carpet if you're feeling tired exhausted and crap you're meant to be this dazzling star I mean I really admire them all for doing it because they're so tired yeah they're faking it on those occasions they're not buzzing (laughs) no you know, they might go on the red carpet, they've had a fight with their boyfriend, they haven't slept for two days because they've come from a video, the dress is too t- tight because they're, like, don't know, the t- tailoring's done wrong, they feel... I mean, there's so many things that are going on behind the scenes. And then you have s- some newspaper being like, oh, she's miserable. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, circle of shame. Although that's going now, isn't it? The whole, like... It is. About time, too. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned earlier that people don't make you nervous do events make you nervous to so say if you're it's like a big event like the grammys the brits if you're working on something that high profile it, it's not so much carpets that make me nervous it's live performances um i did one the x factor with uh zara larson actually and we've had these custom crystal see-through flares and matching top made and they're not, there's no give in the fabric. It's a rip at any point. So I have to be tailored an inch of their life. I had a bra built in and then the pants weren't right. And I got to the X Factor and I was like, fine, I'll cut this body and I'll sew, because the body's stretching underneath. I'll sew the body to the trousers. Because obviously there's, it's stretchy, but there's no elastic at the top keeping the knickers up. So I'll sew the knickers to the trousers and it will be totally fine. Great. Okay. You're on in five minutes. What? Okay, great. So there's no time to sew the trousers to to the 
pants. I'm having to, my assistants are sewing on like mic pack covers, other things like sewing everything together. She's basically walking on stage and I've got a thread and a needle in me and I'm just trying to do one or two stitches to keep her knickers up. Anyway, they literally have to cut me off because they're they're going live. And I spent the whole performance being like, this is the end of my career because her knickers, it's live on television. God knows how many people watch The X Factor. Her knickers are going to come down and you're going to see everything through these through this secret sequin like crisp see through crystal trousers i was absolutely terrified nothing happened thank god they stayed oh, up. the relief but, <laughs> i was so tired but i was like neil who used to do her hair um was like my emotional support because i was like i can't i actually can't watch this i feel so sick i feel like a whole of the nation is gonna see her vagina um so I was, yeah, freaking out. So it's moments like that. And she's probably dancing around, shaking her hips, wiggling her bum. Full, full choreo. Like, she doesn't even care, I don't think, if that came out at all, honestly. And it was just so nerve-wracking for me. Um, working with people for the first time and making sure they're happy is nerve-wracking as well. But, yeah, live performances are the worst, I think, for everybody, artists and mainly included. And I guess there's, like, a... I don't know, do you ever think to yourself in those moments, I can't believe like this is my job and like here I am worried that Zara Larson's going to expose her vagina to the UK. Like, that, that. Here's my, here I am, here's my job. I'm going, oh my fucking God, this shit show that's going to happen if everyone sees her vagina and stylist, Phoebe, like, oh, just then that's more of the worry for me um, rather than appreciating What's so would you on? say, yeah. I mean, in the end, it wasn't the worst day at work. But if you think back on sort of all your, your career and all the days you've styled, is that most memorable for being yeah. a shit, not a shit, but a, an almost shit show? Almost shit show, maybe. Um, there's been so many moments that have been really wild. So many I can't even talk about when like you're an assistant and lots of mad things are happening and you're way less responsibility. And then I guess... When I first were, I was working with Sierra for the first time and I was doing a Zara Larson video the day before and I got booked on to do this Sierra video last minute and had a day to prep. And then I think I went to the fitting and I had this been told that, that I was working with a director called Hannah Lux Davis, who I work with quite a lot. She does all of Ariana's music videos and she's just a complete powerhouse. And we have a really good working relationship. And she, um, she was like, okay, so it's all this kind of style. Sierra loves this, la, la, la. And I turn up and it's like, so totally different vibe. And I was like, oh, and you're there smiling like, great. How are we going to work this? Messaging my whole team being like, what can we do? We can get in this style in LA at 5 p.m. Oh, yeah, that was a really, it was a hard, it was a really rewarding day because she is such an angel to work with. But it was, I was exhausted from, like a really long like 18 hour day video before I hadn't really hadn't had enough time to prep we'd had a fitting I had to get a custom look made from scratch with a tailor who does all of he used to do all of Prince's looks to Michael Jackson's outfits I called him up and got him to make from scratch an outfit he started working on it the morning of the music video and it was the last scene to be shot and he arrived maybe 10 minutes before the scene had to be shot and we just put it on and she went and like Things do just work out. I don't know that if that's because of the amount of stress I put into things. Um, but yeah, everything works out in the end. Is there an outfit that you, when you look back at, over all the outfits you've styled throughout the years, all of the clients you've worked with, that you think 
yes, that's an outfit that's unforgettable. That's like me, my best work. Oh, that's really hard. I'm I'm really bad at uh it sounds a bit hippie, but being present, I'm always wanting the next thing. So even if I'm we've done the red carpet or we've done the music video or I've seen the edit of the music video. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying not to be like this, but I'll find something wrong with it. And I'll think, oh, I wish we'd done that. Or, oh, her shirt should have been pulled up a bit higher. Or, or I will, I'm too critical. And I'm already thinking of the next thing to really appreciate what I've done or what I'm doing at the time, trying to get better at that. But um, yeah, where was I going with that? I can't remember. We were saying career, we were saying your favorite career moments. I guess one of my favorite Anne Marie moments is oh, I can't remember how to pronounce this. Tomo, Tomo, I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Anyway, this brilliant fashion designer was having such a huge moment at New York Fashion Week. He's uh, Katie Grant had got him this whole show. It was everywhere. We were doing Anne Marie at the Brits. I wanted her to have a big fashion moment having not a good time finding anything amazing to learn. This is a few years ago. I managed to get this designer literally straight off the runway, send over this look, which was like a, a dress, but I made it into a coat and got this dress with Emery. And she just looked so fresh and current and brilliant. I was really, really proud of her. And that because I think she was the first person to wear it off the show. And that's um, that was really good. Yeah, I was really proud of that. And I still love the look now. Um, weirdly, this one of the Sierra videos we did, you might just go, oh, it's just a T-shirt and shorts or knick T-shirt and knickers. But um, the amount of effort that goes into something like making the perfect pair of knickers for an artist to dance around in or, and be comfortable in is a lot. So <laughs> I'll say it's like my friends, like, oh, it's like this, you know, this took like ages to perfect and they're like oh this is t-shirt and knickers I'm like no very special t-shirt and knickers yeah this is like a lot of customizing a lot of perfecting how long did it take to make the pair of knickers well they were an original pair of knickers by this beautiful brand called marriott which are uh, based in east london independent label who this make beautiful beautiful underwear and um, they've got to be tweaked to show the right amount of bum, but not too much bum. Sexy but cute. And then you want to like add an extra, wanted to add an extra waistband. Uh, I mean, I gave it to a tailor to to finish, but yeah, it's a lot of tweaking involved in things. If you're twerking, <laughs> I think it's pretty important. Yeah. Very important. So take me back to that moment when you see Anne-Marie at the Brits in this dress, which which you turn into a coat that nobody else has seen worldwide. What does a moment like that feel? that feel like for you well she we actually had a bit of a nightmare with um something else that day so I was stressed about something else so I didn't even enjoy it then at all um yeah so so I think I just went to the party and had a really nice time then looking at the pictures the next day I was very overwhelmingly proud of her and and myself and the team I think she looked really great yeah I was Really pleased. I think that was the first time she was featured on Vogue, which was really important to me. Do you feel you get the recognition you deserve when you see like 
someone you've styled and their pictures are on Vogue or it's on their Instagram and people are like, you look amazing. Do you feel that you want to be screaming to like, I did that? Or is it just you You kind of happy to sit back and be like, I did that? Yeah, I think I'm happy to sit back. I think the only recognition or like kudos I want are from my friends saying it's good or, or peers saying, no, you really nailed that. So you, by the nature of the artists you work with, you work with huge stars. Do you ever get kind of feedback from... I don't know, other artists, musicians, designers saying that like, we love what you're doing? Yeah, you do. And I think that's the best part of the job is, like I said, I'm, I want the artist to be happy and I'm happiest when they're the happiest. Um, so I guess when I was at Illustrated People, we took the autumn winter, I think, 15 collection to a capsule trade show, what's called Capsule in Paris. And then... Um, I think Kanye, Kanye came in and everyone was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, and I think only the, one, the only one place basically stopped was with illustrated people with us, and I spent about 20 minutes talking to him about the designs, and he was going over how great it was. And um, for me, because that was my first collection as the creative director there, uh, like I launched a collection there, at, which did really well in Topshop and sold out, and that led me to be the creative director. So I, it was really important to me that I had um, – and then someone to tell me it was good, and Kanye West telling me it was good was was a good place to start. And then yeah, what was he like? It was he was lovely, and so um, he knew a lot about fashion, and yeah, he had a really good eye. And then I think I can't remember. I think he ordered some stuff for that. Like, I remember he was talking about like, oh, Kendall and Kylie will love this. I was like, yeah, already sent some stuff. Um, so yeah, that was good. And then I think my main goal was to get on a. There was an incredible shop called V Files in New York. Um, and I really wanted to get in there and I got in there and they, we did a collaboration with them. We launched a collaboration with them. So that was really great. Yeah. I just think when you work with a client and they're really happy with you and they say something to you like, well, thank you so much. You really get me or you really, you know, you really, I'm really impressed or really like your style. Um, it means a lot. It really means a lot. Especially when you work with someone for the first time, you're trying to get your head around who they are as an artist, where they want to be. Are they happy with where they are now? Um, what do they like? What don't they like? What bits of the body do they like? Which bits of the body don't they like? Which bits, who do they want to look like? Who don't they want to look like? And just, and so on. And trying to get into their head and trying to make that happen for them is is something that I try and get into as quick as I can. Um, so I end up asking a lot of silly questions all the time. What kind of silly questions? I probably start with more delicate things. First of all, like what do you... What do you like in terms of designers? Who have you worked with? Would you? How do you feel about having your stomach out? How do you feel about having your arms out? Do you wear low cut tops? Do you like trousers tight? So much to get your head around when you first start working with someone because you haven't had that fitting where you go. They just, you know, there's not a spreadsheet where they go likes long trousers, doesn't like butt out, doesn't like likes boobs. There's not like, and things change all the time as well. So. You really need to get it as soon as you get in the fitting with them they go do you know what? I don't actually like long jeans anymore oh actually I don't even know what that is I don't like flared jeans anymore I don't like t-shirts anymore like you just have to you just pick it up but the initial yeah conversations are basic stuff like do you like yellow do you like black do you like your tummy out like stuff like that sounds like the kind of conversations everyone's having on hinge at the moment because lockdown's made <laughs> our life so dull <laughs> you know what Working, working long term with a with a with an artist is like dating someone. We're in a full time, full term, full time relationship. Yeah, and you see them probably at their best moments and their worst moments too. 
yeah yeah here's good times and the bad times absolutely looking to the future are there any artists that you really want to get your hands on that you really want to style with I nearly worked with Ariana a couple of years ago so I'd love to work with her uh Rosalia Billie Eilish probably there are a few other young girls that I really like as well yeah big American pop stars really I love we always end the podcast with a bit of advice or some wisdom which throughout your career you've learned and you feel like other people should have it and apply it to their lives is there anything that you just think yes that's concrete in my mind is just really wise words yes something I've actually learned the hard way in the last couple of years is um take the time to plan and don't just dive into something so step back from something look at so say uh you've got a lot going on and you just you've got people calling you and emailing you and when telling you new dates telling you new looks new fittings you just need to take a step back and go right can I do this do I need extra help uh what's my timeline build out your calendar don't just throw yourself into it which is what I used to do and you kind of keep just keep going and going and going and there's it's it's yeah I think taking a step back and and building up a a team is the most important thing um yeah you can't do it all on your own and that's okay and I haven't been I just I should have got probably three times as many people in at one point yeah and I just didn't I just didn't have a day off for like months maybe four months at one point and I just it's not healthy for you and you end up burning yourself out so as soon as you start to get work get clients even when you're an assistant do you need help my assistants are very good at this they go Phoebe we're going to need some more I'm going to need a team they need some interns to help with this to do the best job we don't want samples going missing and we don't want studio and kiss and I go okay great well let's get them in so I think just being very aware of delegating and, and and having the right team around you from the start and getting used to working like that rather than being like enclosed yeah really wise words thank you so much and thank you so much no you've been great thank you so much a massive thank you to phoebe for talking with me she is genuinely one of my favorite insta accounts to follow so if you want to add her and all her jazzy goodness to your timeline she's over at phoebe lettuce If you made it through to this point, hello, thank you for listening. I'm hoping that means you liked what you heard. If the answer is yes, please subscribe, spread the word and come and pay who you don't see a visit next week when we'll be joined by Lorna Blackwood. She's a vocal coach responsible for making Mabel, Dua Lipa and Ellie Goulding sound as sweet as they do. So hopefully I'll see you then.